What's up, everybody? Welcome to Locked On Sooners Live, our weekly Monday night live show. We're going to talk Transfer Portal as it's heating up on the first day officially of the Transfer Portal. We got some recruiting news as well. We'll talk a little bit about Florida State on today's episode of Locked On Sooners. You are Locked On Sooners, your daily podcast on the Oklahoma Sooners, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Locked On Sooners, and thank you for making Locked On Sooners your first listen every single day. We're free and available on all podcast platforms. Thank you for joining us. Today's episode is brought to you by Omaha Steaks. Omaha Steaks is a gift from the heart, a gift that will be remembered with every unforgettable bite. Order with complete confidence today, knowing you're ordering the very best. Visit omahasteaks.com. Use promo code Locked On at checkout to get an extra $30 off your orders at Omaha Steaks. I'm John Williams. You can follow me on Twitter at John9Williams. He's Josh Helmer. You can follow him on Twitter at JoshOnRef. And Josh, we got a lot going on in the transfer portal on the first official day of portal season. How you doing, my friends? Doing great. Doing great. Uh, yeah, no, it's uh, it's wild. What's up, everybody? Nice to see everyone uh, over here in the, the YouTube chat with us. It is uh, the transfer portal season taketh and the transfer portal season giveth back and uh here we go and you know some of this news with the transfer portal i I think that there's some interesting happenings that just might be on the way for for oklahoma before we know it but uh man it's uh it's obviously it's been active and you know i saw a couple people out there that kind of made the point that they thought that just because of i guess the the covid correlation to it that maybe the transfer portal this year was John as volatile or as active as it's going to be. And I could not disagree with that take more vehemently. This is the new normal. It doesn't have to do with the COVID year, the extra this and that this is college football. This is how it's going to be. And with the advent of name image likeness, what it is, man, this is uh, we're getting more of this. We're not getting less of this. Yeah. I don't see this slowing down at all. You might have fewer people, in the portal, but I think it's going to still be a wild kind of wild, wild West uh, in football, in college football. It's, it's one of those things like we saw a guy like Theo Weiss, who was a productive player for Oklahoma into the transfer portal, going to find a better opportunity. That's just the, the way things are now. Like people aren't going to necessarily sit and try to compete for a starting job. If they kind of see the writing on the wall, they're going to look elsewhere. And, and, that's it's good that the players have a little bit of that freedom because the coaches certainly have that freedom. They're able to up and move as Oklahoma is well aware. Uh, LSU and Oregon fans are all well aware Notre Dame as well. So yeah, it's, it's the new normal. It's the new free agency for college football. It just adds a whole nother element to uh, roster building and, you know, roster construction. And I think that's, you know, it's an exciting part of it. It gives us a lot to talk about. It creates a lot more kind of guessing, a little bit more of a guessing game, a little bit more, you know, uh, thoughtfulness by the coaching staff and how they build their rosters because it's not just recruiting anymore. It's you got to recruit well, you got to transfer portal well. And if you're not going to transfer portal at all, you're going to be left in the dust. And, uh, you know, we got a lot of folks talking about Oklahoma State right now in the in the chat. And that's that's a, 
a prime example. You know, Mike Gundy, he's not been super uh, active in the transfer portal over the last few years. And I think at some point that's going to come back to bite him. And it really seems like it is uh, going to come back to bite him right now. Um, as there just seems to be a mass exodus, not just of, you know, players, but significant players for the Cowboys. And so it, it's going to be really interesting to see how that all plays out on the Oklahoma front. You know, let's just talk about the players that have departed so far. Uh, Theo Weiss, we talked about the biggest name on the transfer portal departure list for the Sooners. He's a contributor, a guy that, you know, led the team in receptions back in 2020, uh, was what sixth in the receptions in 2022, had a huge game against Texas tech was a big part of, uh, you know, Oklahoma being able to stay in that game. So it, it's, that one's a loss to me. Um, even though you you're going to have good players coming in behind them, you're going to have, you know, potentially transfer portal additions that will help negate that loss. To me, it's still a loss. Like you, you don't want to lose productive players ever. You just, you want to add to that. Um, but beyond that, the only one I could really say is a, is a significant loss would be Nick Evers. And that's more just because he's a four-star quarterback and you hate to lose four-star quarterbacks, but from a, uh, ability standpoint we just don't know what he's going to be in the at the college game i think two years from now we'll be able to look back and evaluate that that move a little bit better and you know say hey yeah nick evers was a loss or it didn't really matter much and because we have jackson jackson arnold starting in 2024 and it doesn't really matter so it, it elsewhere i mean you're talking about the trayvon west's the brian darby's uh the cedric roberts um, Kendall Dennis's like a bunch of guys that, you know, some played some snaps, others didn't really get any playing time under this new regime. A lot of Lincoln Riley guys that are, are finding new locales. The only two that I feel like are Brent, Brent Venable guys or three are the Nick Evers, uh, the Alton Tarber, who we talked about, um, in a couple previous shows and Kevonte Henry, which seems like Henry's situation is a little bit more than just, Hey, I didn't get a chance to play. Uh, so we'll, we'll see kind of how this all plays out, but Oklahoma's losses to me, aside from Theo Weiss, aren't really losses. Britt Vittables kind of said uh, as much in his bowl announcement press conference that, uh, you know, a lot of the guys that you're looking at, you're talking about in terms of the transfer portal, weren't starters, didn't play a lot for Oklahoma. And, uh, you know, obviously that's the case. I, I do – I do look at it, and if there's anything to be, I don't know. I I wouldn't even say wildly upset with, but mildly concerned. John is both Alton Tarber and Sed Roberts together, and that's simply because Oklahoma's in the process of trying to overhaul its defensive front, and those are the first two names on that list that are young guys that kind of fit that physical portfolio for what OU is looking for up front along its defensive line, right? Beyond that, you know, Nick Evers, because he's a blue chip quarterback, that that raises your eyebrows, sure. But, man, you know, Theo Weiss, that's definitely the, the biggest loss in terms of the transfer portal. And everybody else, okay, let, let's see if there's significant losses down the road. That's not just trying to totally glass half full it. That is just, I think, where we're at with the situation. Oklahoma, they haven't lost to Caleb Williams yet in this go-around, right? Now, Theo Weiss, again, is a substantial loss. And uh, I think Seth Roberts and Alton Tarper maybe have the possibility to be substantial losses. Nick Evers, I guess you would throw in that category too, John. But again, if you get good quarterback play from Jackson Arnold, from 
as soon as next season again from Dylan Gabriel, then even if Nick Evers is great, unless he's NFL, you know, first round quarterback, second round quarterback type good, and that's not the case for a Jackson Arnold, we're not really going to look back and say that it was a huge, huge loss probably with Nick Evers, right? Maybe the depth portion of it, if you get into a situation where you're dinged up at the quarterback situation next season. But outside of that, man, I said this on the radio today, John, and we'll see what you think about it. I think probably in college football anymore, it's going to be very difficult to have much more than two quarterbacks that you can genuinely feel comfortable are going to go out and take first-team starter reps for you. Just because, guess what, 70%, I want to say 70% of the four- or five-star quarterbacks from the 17 through 19 classes, guess what's happened to them, John? They've transferred, right? They've gone somewhere else, so it's tough to keep those guys. It's tough to keep those guys on campus. And so with that being said, probably this is the new normal is you've got a couple of starting-type quarterbacks, and then you've got maybe a couple of placeholder quarterbacks, which is where Oklahoma is headed now. That's a wild stat, actually. When you when you said that, like I, I was kind of blown away. Like 70% of quarterbacks from the 17 to 19 classes is transferred to four and five stars. That's that's crazy. That is a crazy number. And I mean, so much of it is looking for opportunity. They want to play. And I get that. Like you don't want to sit behind guys three, four years and maybe just have one chance to start unless you're, you know, out of Alabama and you're Mac Jones. And then it doesn't matter. But man, that's that's a wild stat. So we talked about who Oklahoma's lost. We haven't really had many additions yet, but there's a lot of really interesting rumblings that we're going to talk to you about after we talk to you about the good friends at Omaha Steaks. Omaha Steaks, John, it's the the thing that you just got to love, right? Holiday season, you're trying to do that perfect bit of gift giving. Omaha Steaks, they take the thinking out of it for you for the holidays achieve gifting greatness my friends would you give the gift of perfectly aged tender and delicious omaha steaks i can only speak self and for some of our Darian friends out there okay maybe this isn't for you but for a lot of us man there's not a whole lot better than a juicy tender perfectly aged steak i love it right that's that just screams the holidays it's perfect so the steak experts at omaha steaks They've put together the special curated gift packages for all of the steak lovers in your life to help take, again, the guesswork out of gifting and make you a holiday hero. You want to be a holiday hero, right? You don't want to be a holiday zero. You want to be a holiday hero. So go to omahasteaks.com and use the code LOCKEDON at checkout to get $30 off your order. That's LOCKEDON at checkout to get $30 off your order. And let me make this guarantee to you. You will be a Christmas hero if you uh, gift that steak lover in your life some Omaha steak. So again, locked on a checkout, $30 off your order. Austin Stogner, is he, is he coming home? Is the reunion happening in Norman? I will say my first reaction was, I mean, yeah, it makes sense. It, it makes sense why Austin Stogner, it makes sense first off why Oklahoma would want Austin Stogner, right? Somebody that is a proven playmaker at the power five level is obviously familiar with what Oklahoma is all about for Austin Stogner. I, I look, I, I can see where there would be the, you know, the draw to come back to, to Oklahoma. Right. But honestly, my initial reaction, John was, I don't think he's entering the portal to, to come back to somewhere he's already been. 
Okay, well, things change quickly once those crystal balls start finding their way out there. And, I mean, the the tea leaves are that, yes, Austin Stogner's coming back to Norman, and it it would be a great addition for Oklahoma. It gives you, again, stability at the uh, tight end position. Basically, I mean, gives you what you had in Braden Willis, except maybe a little bit more athletic guy in Austin Stogner, a little bit better, I think, you know, catch and Run after the catch threat, I guess, is uh, the, the best way to say it with Stogner. If he's healthy, if he can stay healthy. And then the other thing he does, John, is he buys you a little bit more time for both Caden Helms, for Jason Llewellyn. And so those guys don't have to be the guy next season, though. I fully suspect, even with Stogner coming back, which it appears that that's going to be the case, John, I think either Caden, Caden Helms or Jason Llewellyn, one of those two guys will be – a productive player for Oklahoma next season in part, just kind of because they have to be, but look, they've had that year in the program now. So one of those two guys I do suspect uh, will be not the leading guy at tight end for Oklahoma next season. But look, I think one of those guys, yes, is going to be involved even with a Stogner seemingly coming home. Yeah. I love the addition because it's like we talked about on our show yesterday when we were asking like, okay, where do they need to look to make transfer transfer portal additions? Austin Stogner gives you a really nice floor. Like, you know what he's capable of. And in, in a situation where you don't have him rotating with Jeremiah Hall and Braden Willis, Austin Stogner could put up equal or better numbers than Braden Willis did this year. I think Austin Stogner opens up the middle of the field for you a little bit more. He gets down the field a little bit better. He has a much more consistent, you know, catching ability. I love it. I love if if the crystal balls from Parker Thune and Brandon Drum of OU Insider are accurate, which those guys, I mean, Parker's more accurate than Brandon, but I mean they they rarely miss on these kind of a things. So if if they add him, I love what that does for this offense. Hopefully, it opens up the middle of the field. It gets them willing to attack the middle of the field more as opposed to eating around the edges. Because you know, if you guys listen to the show, you watch the show, you know how much I dislike all of the wide receiver screens the 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 flare outs all that stuff give me stuff that attacks the middle of the field puts the you know pressure on the defense that way you can open up the sidelines a little bit more towards the end of the season people were sitting the defenses were sitting on all those behind the line of scrimmage the flare outs the the wide receiver screens all that because they didn't believe that you would attack the middle of the field get you a guy like austin stogner and that gives you the opportunity to do that um I think it's a great, a great ad by this, you know, this coaching staff, Joe John Finley going back to the well, going to a guy he had a relationship with and be like, Hey, you have an opportunity. It sets up Oklahoma to then use Jason Llewellyn, Caden Helms, mix them in. They don't have to play 600, 700 snaps in the offense, but you can give them three, 400 snaps, you know, in some kind of rotation and put them in situations where they're going to succeed and they don't have to be the starter as sophomores. I think it, I think it really sets up perfectly for them. You know, you can use Caden Helms in passing situations where you want to get a bigger threat out on the field, put him in the slot. You can use Jason Llewellyn more in your, your 21 personnel where you want two tight ends on the field. It, it's really, really a nice, um, a nice ad because again, you don't have to take Stog off the field in any situation. He can play in any formation, any situation you want him to. He's a good run blocker, good receiver, it's a really good, really good addition. I think him and Dylan Gabriel will will thrive together. Um, the other kind of big news on the transfer portal side of this 
is Indiana edge rusher, Dasan McCullough. You've heard that name because you might've also seen a crystal ball for Dia McCullough. Sorry, McCullough. I got really British there for a second. McCullough, uh, Dia McCullough. McCullough, I did it again. A four-star safety in the 2022 class that Oklahoma received a crystal ball for. So Dasan, a true freshman for Indiana, played their third most edge snaps for the Hoosiers. He finished with four sacks, six and a half tackles for loss, and was a huge part of Indiana's defense. If they can add him to Ethan Downs, R. Mason Thomas, I mean, you're there. That's a 6'5, 235, freaky athletic edge dude. Uh, you know, I went back and listened to the Locked On Hoosiers podcast um, when he had John Garcia on to talk about McCullough. And he said he's just a freak athlete that played safety in high school and moved to linebacker edge. Just that's freak. That's a freak athlete. A dude that you can put anywhere along, you know, the edge. You can put him at some linebacker, some outside linebacker, and he's gonna he's gonna thrive for you. So give me, man, that if they can land him in the transfer portal, that's huge. Add him to Jacob Lacey, who they've already added from Notre Dame. Um, again, a nice interior defensive line piece. That's pretty solid. And then there's there's talk of here. I'll, I'll give you a chance to talk about McCullough real quick. Uh, the elder brother McCullough. Well, I mean, look, I just think anytime you can get proven goods is you know proven player right somebody that has delivered absolutely bring him in right somebody that uh has already been a part of power five football and then that has those types of measurables i would love to see oklahoma get in on and maybe this decision's already been made but there's somebody named justin jacobs that is leaving the university of iowa that has put his name into the transfer portal sounds like notre dame is the front runner there but Man, if uh, that's open for shop and it's a Crimson and Cream Collective special, then let's get the Crimson and Cream Collective going because that's somebody that absolutely is an NFL-type talent. And this is this is what we talked about yesterday or the day before, maybe every day, John, is this is the future, I think, of what the transfer portal both is going to look like and needs to look like for those that are successful using it. Oklahoma, by virtue of just – the circumstance and the situation they were in a year ago was playing the numbers game, right? With a lot of these guys that you brought in from the transfer portal. Now it's time to target the McCullough's of the world that you feel like, okay, we got a high hit rate on this transfer coming in and it's time to go get those guys. And it's time to go ahead and open up the name image and likeness. You know what? And bring them on down, baby. And uh, I think there's, there's multiple, hopefully, other defenders on that list, John, that are going to be coming to Norman, Oklahoma for that reason. Let's see what the next uh, month, couple of weeks looks like for Oklahoma because the roster reshaping, I believe, is alive and well in Norman, as it should be on both sides of the ball, really. Yeah, it's huge. And, I mean, if they can if they can go get somebody from Iowa's defense, that's definitely a plus, right? Like, th- that's what you're talking about, right? Did I mishear that while I was scrolling? The- Justin... Okay. Justin, Justin Jacobs. Jacobs. I mean, Jacobs, I mean, that's just a good, you know, football player name. I don't know why. I mean, I think of Brandon Jacobs a little bit on that front. Um, I, I'm I'm really impressed with what Oklahoma is doing. And you look at, okay, so the McCulloughs, they got a, a connection. Brandon Jum talked about it over at OU Insider. They've got a connection with Jay Valai. So the eldest, the father of the McCulloughs and Jay Valai played together for Kansas City. Um, years back. So there's a bit of, of a connection there. I think that leads me to believe that this is going to happen. 
of course the crystal balls don't come in um, unless they're going to happen. And, you know, Steve Wolfong was the first to put in a crystal fall crystal ball on Dave McCullough, the four-star safety in the 2022 class. So huge on that front. Um, you guys need to calm down and <laughs> about the pass on Hicks stuff. Let's uh, let's be chill on that. But we're going to talk. We're going to talk more on the kind of the recruiting front. We'll kind of try to scroll through some of your comments, your 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 questions, and uh, you know answer some more of those things as we go through. And we'll talk more about the transfer portal stuff because it's it's fire right now. Like it's a lot of fun to kind of scroll through and see. Now it keeps me busy because I'm having to write a lot of articles today um, on what's happening in the transfer portal. But um, it's also a lot of fun too. As a former NFL Dallas Cowboys writer, I always loved free agency. That was like my favorite time of the year to write because just the possibilities and the potential there. So uh, we'll talk more about um, what Oklahoma is going to do in the transfer portal, any other positions we might want them to address as the portal season gets underway and continues on Tuesday. But first, I'm going to talk to you all about Built Bar. Josh got to talk about the steaks. I'm going to talk about the protein bar because I love Built Bar. If you've been listening to this show for the last couple of years, you know my affinity for Built Bar. Yes, we have to talk about them, but I just love Built Bar. I, I order them all the time. My wife loves them. It's great breakfast. It's a great pre-workout. If you need it for recovery, it's fantastic as well. They've got so many great flavors. And right now, they've reimagined some flavors. They got cookie dough topper, coconut brownie bar, coconut brownie topper, and they've got a white chocolate peppermint granola. I love their granola bars. It's something I, I have for breakfast almost every single day. And the built protein bars are a great afternoon snack too. When I'm needing something sweet, but I don't really want to have a candy bar, the protein bar is fantastic. They're revolutionizing nutrition as we know it with 100% real chocolate, 17 grams of protein, and shockingly low sugar and calories. Just 130 calories. Just sink your teeth into that first bite and it'll change your life forever. So go to built.com, use promo code locked on 15 at built.com. Again, you get 50% off using promo code locked on 15 at built.com. Okay, Josh, where else does Oklahoma need to look in the transfer portal? Wide receiver is something that's popped up. Um, in the afternoon, we saw that they'd offered Rara Thomas out of Mississippi state and Dante Cephas out of Kent state, who we got to see a little bit of earlier in the season. So it, it's interesting to me that they are looking at the wide receiver uh, position and looking to add there. Uh, they, they definitely need a skill guy, right? It seems like they need a skill guy. You've got Theo Weiss uh, on the way out. So that, that alone means, okay, well, probably you'd like to bring somebody in there. You know, look, I, I said this the other day, and it's, it's a little bit of a cop-out answer, but I don't think there's one position group on Oklahoma. I see uh, Stubby's response there, 1085, everywhere. Yes, I agree. I mean, I look, if there's, if there's an option to bring somebody in that is a bona fide starting difference maker type player, then I don't care what position it is. I don't know that there's, there's one specific that you go after, John. Probably for me, just because I think that generally speaking, this is where you build greatness. If you could add one offensive lineman, whether that's tackle, guard, center, whatever, fortify that offensive line a bit, fortify the, the defensive line a little bit, that's probably, to me, what I think would be most valuable. I've always said that Oklahoma will find skill guys. I think they're about to have uh, some skill guys coming out of this transfer portal here very shortly, and they're signing those guys too, John. So 
skill guy, I'm, you know, Javante Barnes, I think you're pretty good at running back. What, what do you think? Would running back be on, on your list of need to add? You're bringing into highly regarded guys in Smothers. And who's the other running back I can't think of right now? Um, Caleb Hicks. So I, I think running back would be a good place to, to, to add somebody, you know, somebody that, uh, but I mean, we talked about a couple weeks ago, we saw Bentavious Thompson. You really didn't see much of this year that you could have in your, in your running back rotation as well. You know, it's Barnes, Sawchuck. If you want to add a guy, I think it wouldn't hurt you. It again could provide a solid floor for you. Um, but I don't think it's a huge need. Uh, so to speak, I, I think they can get by with Barnes, Sawchuck, and then if you got to dip into your freshman, you do that as well. Um, I would like to see them add some more offensive tackle depth. Um, you know, I, I, folks are talking about that in the chat as well. I like what we saw out of Tyler Guyton. I think he did well in spot starts in rotational, you know, snaps as well. I would like to see them, you know, bring in some, you know, maybe some more competition for that. But you know, you've got a guy like some, some guys that are coming in in the freshman class that could be, you know, competitive as well. Uh, but you know, Jake Taylor, Jacob Sexton, I think they're going to have a chance to be significant players for this offensive line at some point. It maybe not in 2022, but 2023. So I think they will continue to look to the transfer portal for offensive line help guys that you could plug and play. We talk about again, solid floor. If, if Jacob Sexton, Jake Taylor, Tyler Guyton, they earn your starting roles. Perfect. That's what you want. You want your recruits to earn the starting jobs. But if it's an event that, okay, they're just not ready yet. And you just have one of those starting jobs earned by one of those players, then you, you need a transfer guy like a McCabe Mattire or a Chris Murray that has that solid floor, that experience that you can throw out there and feel pretty good about. Uh, so yeah, give me those guys. A lot of people are talking about Braylon Presley. If, if they can add him, absolutely do it. Like that's just a, a nice skill piece that you could have that's going to, you know, create big plays for you in the passing game. So yeah, do that. Always add big play, you know, wide receivers, if you can do it. Um, so I, that I think can do that can do a lot of different things, John. I, I think about this Jeff Levy offense and I think about a Presley and what that marriage could potentially look like. And I love the idea of it. Right. I mean, think about all the different jets sweep motions that this, this offense runs. I mean, it's not just strictly, Hey, let's, uh, they, they really, in a perfect world, John, and I don't know that personnel-wise, with uh, all love and due respect to the Gavin Freemans and Drake Stoops of the world, Presley's going to bring a little bit different dimension for you on a jet sweep action, right? So when you're attacking both horizontally, vertically, and you're trying to stretch a defense in every single way, stress them in every single way that you can, man, I like the idea of that one there. Now, whether or not he would you know, again, seriously, look at Oklahoma. We're going to find out very quickly, but I'm going to be shocked if OU's not in the market there. I think it would be very, very surprising if they're not. Yeah. I mean, they're going to, they're going to look to the in-state guys as well as looking beyond people are mentioning like a Samaj P Ryan, Ramondre Stevenson type thumper. I would, yes. If you can find a guy that is the two forties type running back six, two, two forty, please bring them because short yardage was an issue for the Oklahoma Sooners in 2022. If you, you know, third and threes, fourth and ones, like that was a big problem. And we know Brent Venables wants to go for it on fourth down. So you need to find a guy that you can trust to give the ball to in short yardage. And he's going to be able to get that, you know, that first down almost every single time. Like you got to find that guy. I love Eric Gray. 
Marcus Major is good. Javante Parnes is good. They just weren't good enough in short yardage situations for me to feel like, okay, they can completely rest on that. So yeah, if you can give me a, a 6'2", 230, 6'2", type, then yes, bring them. I'd love to have that guy on my roster, even if you just use him as a as a short yardage back. If that's his only role on the team, that's fine with me. I'm more than happy to have that. Um, this is just a, a team, and I, I think somebody mentioned it. I, I can't find the comment now, but somebody mentioned like they pretty much need help in a, almost everywhere. Cornerback, you know, safety. There's a lot of places that they could use help, and and I think what Oklahoma's doing is they're being aggressive in the portal and they're going after some some positions where they feel like they do need that help, and I I can appreciate that. That's a this is the time to be aggressive. You don't have a whole lot of, of room for another six and six season or a five and seven season um, if you're Brent Venables and this coaching staff. It, you don't want to go into your second season have that kind of a year, and then year three you're like on the hot seat. Okay, now we have to win, sort of a thing. I think one thing that is in turbulent transfer portal name image sorry we're we're losing josh here for a second so i'm gonna just kind of interrupt him and take over but um yeah in the name image and likeness transfer portal era it's important to be willing to address every position address every situation because you don't want to rest on your laurels. You don't want to just sit by and watch a great player go to one of your competitors, one of your rivals. you got to be in on just about everybody. Um, <laughs> hey, we're, 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 we're not putting on Josh's internet. It's restream. It's one of our services. It's, it, we, we, it struggles from time to time. But Josh, go ahead and continue making your point, my friend. Norwood, I got to put me on absolute black. There's probably some truth to the internet being up here. Hey, am I bouncing around? Oh no! Yeah, we're we're still struggling a little bit. Uh, Joseph at, Joseph Shaw asked, "How would we feel about Donovan Smith coming in as a wide receiver?" Um, I don't know. I mean, I think he'd be a good backup quarterback. Like, if you want to bring him in to be your backup, I'd be thrilled about that as a backup quarterback situation because he's at least a guy that has had some production at the college level and he's won some games. And both as a passer and as a runner, he's dangerous. So as opposed to bringing him in as a wide receiver, I'll just bring him in as a running or as a quarterback. Like don't, don't settle for a position change. If you can, if you want to use him as a wide receiver, like in some situations, fine, but no, I, we saw him against tech, like even in some, you know, uh, goal line, you know, inside the red zone situations where you can hand him or let him be your quarterback and use his legs man, I'm, I'm okay with that. I'm good with that. So that's, that's good times. Um, it's <laughs> Norwood saying the rah, rah dude from Mississippi state is good. I mean, he had some big games there in the sec. And if you can produce in the sec, I'm more than happy to have you because th that's not an easy task. I think he went for like almost 150 against Texas A&M had a couple touchdowns against Auburn uh, and then had another big game against uh, Alabama, you know, had like 78, you know, re receiving yards, eight receptions, something like that. So rah, rah, I'm happy to have him. Uh, Okie long guy. I, Spencer Sanders isn't coming to Oklahoma. He's going to go somewhere to be a starter. Dylan Gabriel's a starter, you know, with, with the Sooners, Spencer Sanders, he'll have options. And I think he'll have really good options. Um, maybe not Bama nor Wooding, but Maybe it's a it's a team that's kind of on the verge that just needs a quarterback that 
can come in and, and help win some games. You know, I, I, I said it on Twitter and Josh, I'll let you jump back in here in a second and, and we'll see if your internet's going to hold up for us. But I said here in a second that, or on Twitter that he gained my respect this year. I always viewed him as just this turnover prone quarterback. And he was against Oklahoma in Bedlam, but he really got better at protecting the football, you know, 2019, 2020. I mean, it was based, you could almost count on him throwing interceptions. Like you could almost count on him giving the ball away. He got better in 2021. Now against Baylor in the big 12 championship game, it all kind of came back to haunt him. And then against Oklahoma in Bedlam, it did the same thing, but overall he got better. And so I think there's going to be a good mark. I say market here. I am using free agent lingo, but there's going to be a good market for him out there in the transfer portal, because I think there's going to be teams that believe that they're a veteran quarterback away, you know, and we saw him go for four over 400 against Notre Dame. Like this is a good quarterback when he does take care of the football and he makes good decisions. He's one of the better quarterbacks in the big 12 and potentially, you know, he, he could win somebody a lot of games. I have walked through the valley of the shadow of internet death and have come out the other side, my friend. Uh, yes. Yeah, Mr. Sanders will be a great addition, addition to, anybody that uh, is looking for an established power five quarterback that uh, has, you know, some nice parts around him, a, a team that can play a little bit of defense would be a nice marriage for Sanders because at times, you know, well, really his, his best success, what was matched with Oklahoma state's historic defense. So we'll see, but I mean, he's going to have a lot of suitors, right? He's going to have a lot of suitors because he uh, he's a, a dual threat guy can both throw and, and run. I was just going to say before I was banished to internet obscurity here, that the thing that I think is interesting and kind of fun about this transfer portal in this turbulent era that we lived in that is nuts and it's terrible and name image like this, all these things that people don't like, right? It actually, I think, provides some interesting opportunities for Oklahoma and for anybody really to take some chances, right? And I know that we saw Oklahoma take chances in by and large, out of the transfer portal, I think we'd all agree, generally speaking, a lot of those didn't work for Oklahoma last year. Sands, you know, a C.J. Cold and a Dylan Gabriel, and maybe a couple of guys here and there, John, you would say in, in bits and pieces, had impacts for Oklahoma. But the beautiful thing on the transfer portal is there's always somebody at OU. There's always somebody at all of these Power 5 schools that's like, Ah, I'm not starting, so I'm gone. So what does that do? It frees up all these roster spots for somebody somewhere else for Oklahoma to take a chance on and sometimes to get, you know, proven production back. Now, we'll see if Oklahoma is able to swing that throughout the course of these next couple of weeks in this offseason. But, you know, it's uh, it's kind of an interesting world we live in where Oklahoma can can almost gamble more than it it ever could before each and every single offseason in one of these years, right? I mean, eventually you're counting on your talent evaluators to do just that and evaluate the talent right. I do still believe, and I've always said it, John, that the culture of your program, it's got to start with the recruiting classes, but I'm okay with a couple of starters here and there, and I do think we're going to wind up at Oklahoma with multiple uh, starters out of the transfer portal, just some of the buzz that you hear. Yeah, it's it's great to supplement your roster through the transfer portal. It's, again, comparing to the NFL. You want to build your team through the draft and then take some shots in free agency to kind of fill your team out. You don't want to build through free agency, although I'd like the Dallas Cowboys to be a more aggressive in free agency, but you can't completely do that. So you got to build through young guys on, you know, 
rookie contracts and then fill your team out. Uh, T Moses and our guy BMG are asking about Mims. Um, does Mims stay? I, for the longest time, I'd kind of been of the mind that no, after this year he was gone. And for most of the season, or at least the, you know, after in the second half of the season, I kind of thought, okay, maybe there's a better chance that he stays. But then when he finished with that thousand yard season with his big game against Texas tech, I thought I kind of started thinking more again, that he was probably going to go. The problem is with Mims, he's not a first round wide receiver. He's a good wide receiver. He might be a top 100 pick in the NFL draft, but he's to me, he's not a surefire first rounder. And so if that's the case, then maybe it would be better for him and potentially to build his kind of draft profile a little bit to come back for another year and see if he can't push himself into first round territory with another strong year. Yeah. I, I just don't know that to me, he can enhance his draft product, his draft status much more than it already is. That being said, kind of starting to hear the rumblings that maybe he's thinking about staying. So similar to what John said there, I would have, I would have said that no Marvin Mims isn't coming back, but uh, kind of think that he's thinking about coming back, which is, which is kind of a, a wild thing for Oklahoma be huge news, right? We cannot, uh, cannot talk about that enough for Oklahoma to get Mims back. And if you, if you could hit a couple of home runs here and pair it with the Presley and pair it with, I don't know, a couple other skill guys out of the portal. Well, now all of a sudden this offense can go from it. And look, I know that we had shortcomings here and there on really some crucial third down fourth down situations, right. Would probably be uh, the, the worst thing about this offense, right. Some inaccuracies at times for Dylan Gabriel, man, if, uh, if you can just all of a sudden, add all these different extra because really you had, you had Mims, right. And you had a running back in Eric Gray who wound up being one of the nation's finest, but you know, Braden Willis, nice little weapon there. But beyond that, the wide receivers were just okay. So if you could get Oklahoma to the point to where you have a Mims and you've got two, three other guys that you legitimately feel could be game breaking type wide receivers, John, because Theo Weiss, right, we're talking about somebody that's in the portal now. What's the disappointment for Oklahoma this season? So if OU can get where they have a little bit more than that, then we're talking about an offense that with all the problems and shortcomings and frustrations that it created and had, John, can go from good to elite, I think, you know, somewhat easily, dare I say, this season next? Yeah, I think so. If you get Mims back, that that changes everything. If you can get him to come back for one more year, that's huge. I think I know he had some drop issues this year, but maybe he can correct those. Maybe he can get better at those. And to me, and I, I say this all the time on Twitter, if you don't follow me at John nine Williams, it's a, it's a hot take of mine that I throw out there because I love watching wide receivers play and just following the NFL. I have this opinion that drops are overrated on a big picture scale. You look at some of the best wide receivers in the NFL you can throw CD lamb into that. He's had some bad drops this year. I don't think it, it lessens who CD lamb is because he's had some bad drops. Same with a guy like Deandre Hopkins. At one time, he had some really bad drops, had issues with him, Michael Thomas. So I don't want to sit here and overrate drops because yes, they're bad in the moment. 
you hate them in the moment, especially Marvin Mims drops because generally they would have been walking touchdowns. But uh, I, I, I don't think that those are as big of an issue on a macro scale as we want to make them out to be looking back in hindsight in the moments they're terrible. They, they hurt you. You lose games because of them, but they're a very small percentage of the plays and the targets. Like they're what, like 5% of the dude's plays or the dude's targets in a given year. I don't have the stat right in front of me, but it's about that. Um, Let's move on. I got another good question here from Nate Pointer. He says, and he asks, who do we think the starting cheetah is going to be next year? Josh? Great question. I mean, obviously, Deshaun White's uh, done a really, really good job there for Oklahoma. Uh, I mean, do you think do you think Canick in one, one offseason's time can, can make that leap? He would be, I think, physically one of the, the natural candidates there. And, I mean – Look, he the way he arrived at Oklahoma thickly sets him up to have, I think, a very, very legitimate chance at it. I'll tell you this, he'll definitely be the odd-on fan favorite, I think, to win the job. Now, whether or not he ends up getting it or if there's a portal surprise out there. What about the McCullough kid that we talked about? I mean, is that – he's obviously going to be an edge guy, right? Yeah, but he's more of the defensive end type to me. Like, I, gotcha. I, I gotcha. think he's got the athleticism to do some things for you. Like when you drop him into coverage, you're not going to like he can do some things because he's so athletic. But I don't see him as a down in, down out type of a, a coverage guy for them. Yeah, he, it's it's just going to be in your zone drops in which he's dropping in coverage for you. So I think it, I think it is. It's canning. I think that's the guy that you have to hope really steps into that role. We saw some things from him. Like he flashed at times for the Oklahoma centers. Can he take it to the next step? Because like that is going, yeah, Brian, Brian mentions the younger McCullough will be the cheetah guy, but not in year one. Like he's not going to be the starter in 2023. Cause he'll just be a think. true freshman. I don't think, I don't think that he'd come in and be a starter as a true freshman, but so can I, I think that's the guy you hope steps into that role. Now they might bring in a veteran linebacker and I, I think they should. That's a place where I think they need to add an, again, another high floor linebacker, maybe two. And then you hope that a guy like Kobe McKenzie can take David Aguebu's spot. And you hope a guy like Jaron Cannon can take uh, Deshaun White's spot next to Dan, you know, and those are your three kind of linebackers in the defense, but that that's kind of your hope. If you don't add veterans, then you're definitely relying on your true sophomores or your, your redshirt freshman and your true sophomore being those guys that step into those roles. Yeah, it'll be interesting. Uh, I mean, Brian says right there, what about a Robert Spears Jennings? Is, is that somebody that in one offseason's time can develop into something like that? And I don't think, you know, I don't think you have to be married to just one guy is your cheetah, by the way, either. I would just say that, uh, so as a for instance, there's there's a lot of teams that kind of do the three linebacker look, or maybe then you're, you're two linebacker and you got somebody out there that's really more of a fifth defensive back, right? So I think that kind of you could, could you could go both routes, right? You could have more of your tradition. Yeah, he's got some coverage skills, linebacker type, and that would be, I don't know, maybe – the the canic that we're talking about and then robert spears jennings would be more of your your typical defensive back type that would play the cheetah so i think you can kind of have both 
Yeah, and I think so. I think, you know, I think they tried to have that with, with Justin Harrington. And maybe it's Justin Harrington. Like Justin Harrington and Jaron Canick are kind of your two cheetahs. I think Robert Spears Jennings is a true safety. Like I feel like he's a he's gonna be your free safety. Um, at least I hope he's your free safety because he he flashed a lot of speed in him and Billy Bowman combination. I I really like that. Uh Key Lawrence looks like he's coming back, maybe. So that that gives you like your third safety. But yeah, if it's Canick and Justin Harrington that are kind of your cheetah competition in the summer or spring ball and in the summer, I like that. I think Justin Harrington flashed some things. I think both of those guys just needed more seasoning. So yeah, give it some time. We'll see how that one turns out. Uh, you guys are cracking me up with with Ted Roof talk uh, in the in the group chat here. Um, yeah, ladies, go easy on our man Ted Roof and whatever his bedtime. If he's <laughs> goes to sleep early, wakes up early, you know, give him a break. Yeah, I mean, come on, we can all be like me and sleep just four hours a night. That's that's just the way it works, you know. Um, yeah, I mean, the, there's a lot of great questions you guys are asking. We appreciate you guys asking those questions. If there are any more that you'd like us to discuss, we'd love to hear it. I, I think this off season is critical, like absolutely critical from a transfer portal standpoint, but also from a recruiting standpoint. And that's, let's go there in our last little bit here on the live stream. Let's talk recruiting. So, you know, we haven't seen anything to the contrary of Peyton Bowen coming to Oklahoma. We've had rivals future casts. And then somebody posted a tweet. I don't know the veracity of this, uh, of him being enrolled. It's very uh, Jerry Canick. It feels a little early to be able to be enrolled. Um, but, uh, it looks like everything's pointing to Peyton Bowen coming to Oklahoma. Now we'll see what happens on signing day, but if they can grab him, that's a huge, huge addition for the Oklahoma Sooners and their future secondary. Um, I, I, I think, you know, it's a, it's a good group that you're building with Josiah Wagner and uh, Makai Vickers. And if you can add Peyton Bowen to that group, man, that's, that's money. It's money really in the back end. So then your 2022 class and 2023 class combined with Billy Bowman, like you're really starting to build a really athletic secondary. That's going to have a lot of ball Hawks, I think. Well, and I would just say that based on some of the stuff that's out there on, on the VIP sides uh, from the Notre Dame perspective, seems like they feel like uh, that Peyton Bowen's also applied for, you know, to basically be, admitted to Notre Dame as well in that there's two others in the mix that he's done the exact same thing at. So okay. I would say, I would say for Peyton Bowen, be optimistic, but I wouldn't say that just because you saw that on social media, it's just a lock it up, throw away the key. I, I think he's going to wind up at Oklahoma. I do just because I put a lot of stock in what Parker Thune and the guys around here come and say, I think they get him a heck of a lot more right than they get him wrong. And until he tells me that he thinks that, probably he's going to wind up somewhere else with his crystal ball projections, then I'm going to feel confident that he's going to end up at Oklahoma. But all of that is to say, I wouldn't base that just based off the fact that the post was out there that showed that he was enrolled or this or that, because clearly he's been trying to do that at three other schools as well. So, well, and that, I mean, that's, that's a important context there. Um, Sooners to win asks about Micah T's. I think Tease is very much in the mix. I think they're circling back on him as a wide receiver. Uh, Josh, any, any thoughts inside on that one? I would love to see Micah Tease wind up at Oklahoma, and I've said it a lot right here, John, that to me, 
not that Oklahoma has to totally rework the way that they're going about things, but I just think, man, get somebody like T's on campus. If your hangup is we see you as more of a defensive back and he wants to play wide receiver, take a chance at letting him play wide receiver right now. Get him on campus and and see what happens, right? For an in-state kid, if it was an out-of-state kid that uh, you're looking at a blue chipper and there's a disagreement on what the position where you should play, what it looks like, then okay, you, you go a different direction. But especially combined with some of the misses for Oklahoma, John, to me it's a no-brainer, uh, excuse me, a no-brainer that you rethink the thing and just get Mike Tees in, in Oklahoma. You wanted to be here, I think, to begin with, but then you had a disagreement about what the position should look like. So let him play the position that he wants and get him in Norman, Oklahoma, and figure the rest out later. Yeah, I think when it comes to those guys that are athletes, it's better to kind of like let them – lead the way. I think the same thing was, is probably true for DJ Graham, you know, like the old staff saw him as a quarterback, but probably his better position was wide receiver all along. You know, the guy was an all district wide receiver down there in North Texas. Let let's let them kind of decide what to do a little bit. Uh, Jared Wynn asks, is Ted roof's kid worth a damn? I think, I think TD roof. Like, I think he's a solid player, you know, like, is he going to be a guy that's going to be a Butkus finalist? Probably not, but he's good. He's somebody that can, can be a very important rotational linebacker for you, help you on special teams. Yeah. You know, I, it's tough for me to say, I, I sit here and say, I watch a bunch of app state games with uh TD roof out there. I mean, just looking at the statistics, it looks like somebody that has uh, played a lot of football though. Is he coming back? I mean, I, I had kind of heard that maybe he was just going to say enough's enough, and after the injury, I'm not playing next season, even though he does have the eligibility if he wants it. I don't know kind of what I – you know, yeah, there you go. Uh, Kendall says Ted Roof said his son's done with football. That's Yeah, that's kind of what I had heard as well. So well, There you go. I missed that one. Thanks, guys, for uh, enlightening me a little bit. Um, you guys are asking about Slusher as well the Arkansas transfer portal entry. Anytime you can bring Oklahoma kid back, that's always a good thing. Yeah. Well, that's, I mean, that's what I'm saying, man. Take, take chances on some of these Oklahoma kids. If there's a little bit of, Hey, we see you there. You know, I see myself here, figure it out once they're on campus. Right. You know, let them, let them take the first priority. I'm not saying, I mean, obviously if it's uh, if it's a strong, strong disagreement, then okay, go a different direction. But if it's not that big of a disagreement, if that makes sense, John, does does all of that make sense, right? Like if the two sides aren't that far apart, like, hey, I see myself as a wide receiver or I see myself as a quarterback versus a safety, okay, well, figure it out once you're on campus. But if it's, if it's you know, ways and ways apart, then okay, then no thanks. Uh, yeah, Kendall asked what happened to DJ Graham. Well, he just changed positions midseason. He's going to be a wide receiver now. So it'll be interesting to see how he fit, you know, factors into Oklahoma's wide receiver situation next year. Um, yeah. I mean, you know, I think it's like, like Josh said, get them on campus at least, and then figure out, okay, where do they fit best? Because it's a lot easier to kind of get them there, change their position after the fact, as opposed to, you know, Hey, we, we want you to play this. You're going to come here to play this. And then you kind of lose your chance at, at adding a good player just because you're so like locked into no, you're a cornerback or you're, you're a wide receiver. So um, where else? Any other questions here? 
got to be one or two, right? Yeah, I mean, oh, here's a good one. Will the will the Oklahoma Sooners make the college football playoff next season, Josh? No, I don't think so. I I, I can't predict that right now today, though. You know, one of the beautiful things with the expansion of the playoff, I know it doesn't happen next year to be obviously the, the following year where uh, you, you'll have the 12 team playoff in place. Honestly, even with the four day off Oklahoma six and six this year, they clearly had plenty of problems. Most of those defensively with some development, with the right puzzle pieces fitting together this off season, if they are drastically improved defensively, then look, it's, it's possible because the makeup of the big 12 is going to look quite a bit different next season. And they, they had a chance to win for the the for the six games they lost. Now, that being said, look, am I going to predict them to do that? No, I think uh, obviously they're, they're a ways off from winning the Big 12 Conference and going to college football playoff. Now, if there was a 12-team playoff next year, John, the interesting thing about that is Oklahoma, honestly, believe it or not, guys, is not far away from making the college football playoff under the scenario where 12 teams get in, right? I mean, lose uh, four close games. Win four of those games, guess what? Probably Oklahoma's getting in as one of the top 12 teams. But, uh, no, they got a ways to go. And for us to sit here today knowing what we know about the roster, they could obviously improve John overnight and do all of those things. But uh, for us to sit here and think that they're going to win the Big 12 or make the college football playoff seems seems one step too far, right? Yeah, I'll be a little bit more short-winded, and I'll just say no. I'm going to be brief with that. Sorry, I say not that you're long-winded, but I'm going to just you know keep my analysis brief, and I don't think they do. I think uh, they're just not there yet. Maybe they surprise me because they surprised me this year in a, in a negative way. Uh, PG Show, wanting to talk about David Hicks. I mean, to me, it still feels like a coin flip, you know? I mean, with everything that's going on in Texas A&M, it seems like that is kind of like opening the door for Oklahoma to kind of get back into it. I'd say they have a, as good a chance as anybody to get David Hicks in Norman. And I think that's good. Like, like the fact that you still have a shot at it means that you're probably going to have a good shot to get him. Now we'll see what happens over the next couple of weeks. From what I understood, you know, the commit was, was kind of surprising to a lot of people because they expected him to wait until the all American game to commit. So we might not know anything until the all American game about what's going to happen with David Hicks. And a lot of people are saying that maybe it's tied to Sanford's recruitment, that if you can win the Sanford recruitment, then Hicks would come with. Is that sort of the popular belief out there that there's a little bit of a package deal between those two? From what I understand, they're best friends. So that could very well be the case. And if it is the case, then you got to do what you can to get Damian Sanford in. And- well, and I can tell you this, and this is just, you know, one kid from Wichita's, going to college experience, absolutely I was going nowhere but where my buddies were going, right? So sometimes it is as simple as if you've got the best friend, if you've got the girlfriend on campus, right? Those those kinds of things obviously matter. Yeah, and PG mentions like it, often you don't always see the package deal actually come together and, you know, formulate. Um, it's a part of it. Will it be the whole part of it? That remains to be seen. Um, I, I think it's definitely possible that it has nothing. One has nothing to do with the other. You could still land Sanford and not land Hicks. From what I understand, Oregon's kind of gotten in the mix a little bit too. 
And so we'll see what happens on that front. Um, yeah. Brian's mentioning that Bowen is probably the more realistic option. Well, yeah. I mean, you got to follow the ladies. Um, and the fact that his, his girlfriend goes to Oklahoma definitely helps you in that front. Does David Hicks got a girlfriend somewhere? I mean, that, that might, that might matter. Um, I don't know. Yeah, probably, uh, probably he'll have a girlfriend, uh, at Oklahoma this time next year. Right. Yeah. Let's hope. Um, (laughs) let's see. A lot of y'all are kind of in the same boat, like 10 and two, nine and three. I hope we get there, man. If we can go from six and six to nine wins, 10 wins, I think that'd be huge. Um, I'm looking for some more questions here before we get wrapped up. Cause man, this has been awesome. We've gone 56 minutes and I feel like we could go another hour or so. Um, zoom doof is saying Oregon's not at, in it as much as they think. Hey, I, Dan Lanning is a great defensive coordinator. I'm not going to count him out of anything. Um, granted guy says, get Presley. Yeah, man, if you can get, get Presley, that's huge. Will Dylan Gabriel be replaced mid season? We've no. talked about this. I don't think so. I think, he'd have to be like really, really bad and not just like Spencer Rattler bad. Um, Cause I don't think Spencer Rattler was as bad as um, I mean, yeah, that Texas first half was not good, but earlier the first you know, four games of the season, five games of the season, he, I don't think he was bad. Was he great? No, he wasn't great, but he wasn't bad. So I, I don't, I, I think he'd have to be like, I don't know, Trevor Knight, you know, like, like just completing like 50% of your passes, throwing a bunch of interceptions. The offense isn't doing anything, but I think if they're putting up 30 points a game, even if they're not winning all those games, I think Jeff Levy and Brent Venables will ride with them because I, I feel like it's kind of a, a loyalty thing. So, and, and I uh, feel that I, and I, I, well, I will say this a lot and maybe you'll agree with me a lot, John, over the next, however many weeks and months, but Man, we're going to get that question a lot about Dylan Gabriel and Jackson Arnold and what the future looks like between those two at the quarterback position. And I'm just going to right here and for the remainder of the offseason until we start playing football next year, remind everyone, look, if Dylan Gabriel's not the quarterback, given what we know right now, unless something happens that we're not expecting between now and the kickoff of the 2023 season where Dylan Gabriel's not on campus, look, if Dylan Gabriel's not the starting quarterback for Oklahoma, Brent Venables is going to be on the hot seat going into 2024 because what does that mean it means that things have gone horribly wrong for OU and for Brent Venables so you don't want that to be the case no no I don't think so I think the mistakes were magnified the incompletions or the interceptions they were all magnified and they they will be like in the modern era of college football analysis everything does a missed throw a interception all that stuff it it gets taken to a, a totally different level because of social media. Dylan Gabriel was pretty good this year. Was he great? Was he a Heisman contender? No, but he was good. And I think that's that's an okay place to settle on him. He's got to get better next year, and he's got to be better because they've got to be more consistent offensively because we don't know if the defense is going to be able to take another step forward in 2023 or not. And so you're still going to be relying on your quarterback to help you score uh, you know, 30 points a game. I'm with you, Brian. Stop with the bevel nonsense. We don't really need to see him anymore. We, we've seen enough. Joseph, Joseph just, he uh, woke up at 10 p.m. tonight on a Monday and chose violence. <laughs> Joseph, Joseph, Joseph. Uh, Brian also asks about the Iconic Kid, and we'll kind of take this as our, our last question here. Uh, I think Oklahoma's still in the mix. I don't know if anybody's really the favorite in this recruitment right now. The fact that Brent Venables is kind of seeing to his recruitment 
I think that lets you know what a priority he is for Oklahoma and how good of a player he is for the Oklahoma Sooners or potentially could be for the Oklahoma Sooners. Yeah, and obviously he, he would be an awesome get for Oklahoma. Feels like they absolutely are in the mix, but I don't know that, uh, like you said, John, anybody, you know, anybody feels super confident right there. So if uh, it'd be a nice, be a nice Christmas gift, right? It would be, it would be, Hey guys. And that's going to do it for the live stream. Thank you so much for being a part of it. We're going to come back next week. Uh, all right. One more question, Kendall, let's get it in here. Okie long guy thoughts on Kevin Wilson to Tulsa. Josh, do you have any thoughts on Kevin Wilson to Tulsa? Oh, it's a good hire. It's a good hire. I don't know that, you know, Tulsa could have done much better than a guy that has the type of long-term experience that Kevin Wilson does. Obviously, uh, Oklahoma fans very, very familiar with Kevin Wilson's success, you know, here in Norman and away from Oklahoma. So to have the track record and then the head coaching experience previously, I know that for Kevin Wilson, obviously he would have liked to have won more as a head coach in that, but for, for Tulsa to expect them to have done much better than Kevin Wilson on the surface, let's see how it plays out. But on the surface, man, John, I don't know that they could have done much better than Kevin Wilson. And we'll just leave it at that. That's going to do it for today's episode of Locked On Sooners for the live stream. Come back next Monday night, 9 p.m. Central Time. We'll get into more Florida State because, I mean, there's just been so much on the transfer portal that we just haven't really had a chance to talk Florida State and the Cheez-It Bowl. Uh, but we're going to have content for you every single day this week. We'll continue to break down transfer portal additions. We'll break down departures, what's going on on the recruiting trail because it's transfer and recruiting season. And so we're going to be talking about all of that. So again, thank you so much for being part of the show. Again, follow us on Twitter at John nine Williams. He's at Josh on ref. You can also hear him Monday through Friday from nine to noon on 94, seven, the ref in Norman that's Chisholm's graphic. My apologies. Uh, you can read my work coming to the Oklahoma Sooners over at the Sooners wire. Uh, again, Josh Monday through Friday on 94, seven, the ref in Norman from nine to noon with Chris Plank. Again, thanks so much for being a part of the show. It's always a fun time chatting with you guys, hearing your comments, hearing your feedback, go subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube. And thank you for making locked on soon as your first listen every single day, help us to get the 3000 subscribers by the end of the year. We're like 96, 95 subscribers now away from hitting that mark. So help us get there. Tell your friends, tell your family and Hey, go leave us a five-star review over on Apple. If you're enjoying the show, we'd, we'd appreciate that as well. So Again, until next time, he's Josh Helmer. I'm John Williams, Boomer Sooner.